Blog Talk Radio. Hello, world. This is TJ Morris, and you're listening to TJ Morris ET Radio, everybody. Welcome aboard, all your ground troops out there. I'm not starting with any music today. The reason is I've got Janet Carroll Lesson here of the Big Island in Maui. Uh, I guess you could say the place we call paradise, Hawaii. So I'm really excited to bring her on, and she has helped me to line up with a guy I happen to have saw, uh, the guitar guy over in Nashville, where I used to be a member of BMI and Bluegrass Music and uh, CMA back in 2004. So I'm really excited to get to talk to this guy. But he's over in L.A. where I had an office for five years, so I'm all excited because I get to reminisce with this guy. Now, he's not your average kind of guy. And I don't even know what his age is, so he's going to have to tell us about himself. But uh, I'm real excited because he's like one of these uh, Renaissance guys, but of the the younger kind, right? <laughs> so all those baby boomers that uh, get out here and do radio shows with the younger crowd uh, are excited because he's also an author. And, of course, we're authors, and we do uh, funny things with each other, getting to tickle each other's uh, fancy now that we've got more time on our hands than we know what to do with, but uh, we like to talk to authors, and he's been one of these guys playing uh, with musicians and actors and doing the uh, Iron Man triathlon. Now, I've seen these guys on TV. I like Dwayne Johnson, so uh, I think that's what his name is, but uh, let me, he's a Hawaiian kind of dude, Ohana kind of stuff. Let me see if I can get... Get Janet Lesson on here, and then we're going to bring this guy. His name is G. Brian Benson. I think it's all B's. It starts with G, but Brian. And Janet, I am doing my best trying to tap you on here. Uh, it's funny thing happened on the way to the studio. Uh, <laughs> my uh, pointer stopped working. I'm not sure why. <laughs> so uh, there's my pointer. Janet, why can't I get your get you on? I'm on the right phone, and uh, this is going to be fun. Let's see here. Okay, well, what I'll do, I was going to use his email. I guess I want. So this is exciting, folks. This guy has done TED Talks. He's like first class. All I have to do is figure out how to make the studio work, which is uh, not happening right now. So uh, we'll take it down some. I had him call in just to make sure we could do a sound check. And you know what's funny? He also does this. So he's he's got all kind of experience. He's even been a radio show host. So we're going to talk about communication. I want him to share a spiritual path with us. And uh, you know we're on FM radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. But uh, for some reason... Uh, I know what's going on here. This is really interesting. It's uh, my Chrome PDF converter with some little apps. But, Janet, I think I've got you on here now. Can you hear Hi, me? Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you yeah. hear me? Yeah, All I'm right. in Florida, and you're in Hawaii. It's raining here. Yeah. My buttons were sticking. Oh. I guess they're humid. I don't know. I was tapping away yeah, on my studio. Yeah, they're only studio. human. <laughs> human well, buttons. tell me a little bit well, of what you've heard about this guy and if you want to okay. just you know give me a spiel i i was trying to keep up in the email but i've got some stuff here for the listening audience uh, a little bit but you want to well, fill in other than that. that i i got it up on 
my site, AquarianRadio.com, and I know that TJ puts it on her site. Looks like a superhero. Like do Looks like a superhero, doesn't he? He's a superhero. <laughs> he is an yeah. award-winning <laughs> author, self-improvement in children's books, an entrepreneur, a TEDx speaker, filmmaker, actor, cross-country bicyclist, and finisher of over 50 triathlons, including four Ironman races. Oh, uh, Brian tries to live by example, enjoys sharing his own growth process and his everyman version of the hero's journey, hoping that it inspires and sparks others to become more self-aware, self-worth, or basically self-worthy, and excited by their own growth process. So his new book, newest book, Habits for Success, Inspired Ideas to Help You Soar, was just released and has become an Amazon number one bestseller. Well, that's my fantasy, that my, one of mine will be a bestseller. <laughs> it's received strong endorsements. And this is what really caught my eye. He has two popular children's book, books, Steve the Alien. All right, because you know we do a lot of alien stuff here. We're going to talk about Steve the Alien. And Lucy and Chester's Amazing Adventures. So we'll find out what that's about. And he's got these uh, short films, the Guitar Man. Uh, I, oh, yeah, we've got the links for his YouTube that's how I found out about him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I got to yeah. see him long. I don't know how he, 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 you and him got together, but I saw him, well, and I think I, I told one. you about him. I, I saw him in Nashville. I think he's the guitar guy. He he went out and did this great story, yeah. like man on the street kind of guy, and he helps people. Yeah. You know, he's a in service to others kind of guy, right? Right. So, well, we I've never talked to him in my life, folks. Talk about him himself. Yeah, we're, we're we're curious about who this wonderful person is. A filmmaker, author, speaker, he's a media radio personality. All right, are you ready to bring on uh, G. Brian Benson? And I guess it's okay to call him Brian. What do you think, TJ? I don't know. Ready? We're gonna find out. I'm gonna let him introduce okay. himself <laughs> because. Okay. I know what he looks like. I've had the advantage, and I got to see that great film he did. I don't know if he produced or not, folks. I, I can't remember. It's been a few months ago. Sometime in the middle of 2018, I may have saw him on TED Talks. Uh, oh, I forget where, okay. but I liked him. And then I told you about him, and you said you'd see if you could get him on the show. And then I have no idea I think somebody how I did on. half of these people. Cause we've been doing this. We're coming up on yeah. our seven-year anniversary. And I just have to open my inbox and they have all these emails of people wanting to come on the show. So well, um, one of the girls in his office got in touch with you, and then sent us yeah. some stuff. Yeah, yeah. and he's got uh, he's been he, he's got one of the big TEDx present, presenters, probably out in L.A. But uh, I know that I saw him because I like motivation guys, you know. And you know, you opened up for uh, the guy that I paid the five thousand dollars to go to Hilton and. Uh, Long Beach to go see Tony Robbins. Remember when you and Sasha yeah, opened up? I, I opened. But that was in Robbins. Vegas. You opened up no, for Tony. I was. Yeah. I was in. I was. In, I was on before Deepak Chopra. <laughs> oh yeah, and I met Deepak over Robbins. in Austin. So Deepak and Tony. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, what? good friends like, in the what? spiritual motivational community. <laughs> well, this guy's up and coming. Sasha, I said, I said, who who are we on? Who will be on after? And he goes, Deepak Chopra. I go, holy. <laughs> you know, Deepak Chopra. <laughs> anyway, it's really a, a very surreal. But I okay, like Deepak. We can talk all day. I like him. I love him, yeah. But we can talk all day. Let's okay, well, I'm I'm really put, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a put the studio thing down. All right, now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hang this up. 
our folks, it's it's sort of interesting, but I'm going to be sounding a little different here in a minute, and then I will bring him on. So, Janet, what I'm going to do is okay. pull me on, okay, I'm and I'm going to hang this up. All right. All right. Oh, God. Feedback. Make sure you have all your other All righty. Now, let's see here if this is going to work. If everything's uh, upside down. All right. It says New York. Can you hear me, New York? Can you hear me, Hawaii? I can hear you. Oh, you can? Okay. Do I sound okay? You sound okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think I could sound better? No, it's okay. Don't, don't go anal. It's just... Okay, here we go. Okay, where's Brian? Okay. I'm, a, I'm from New York to California, I think. Area code 503, you are live and on the air. Is this author, G. Brian Benson, the TV guy, dude? Uh, yeah, hello, TJ and Janet. <laughs> Hi. Sorry, oh, yeah. we're really silly today. We're especially silly today. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with being <laughs> silly. Okay. I'm excited because I got to see you. I got to see you. You're great. You're you're, yeah. you're great. Great TV presence, by the way. No, well, thank you, thank you. I, you know, I'm not sure. I, I wasn't in Nashville, so I'm not sure what you were mentioning about that. But the short film that we did, I think that you said you saw, we filmed that in Reno. And uh, yeah. the guitar guy. That was Reno. What, guitar man. Yep. Well, the. Okay, well, that's you my might... bad. Now, I saw the guitar okay. man, but, uh, but weren't you – all right, well, let me let you tell the story because – but, uh, wow, yeah, it, it was Reno. You're right. I'm sorry. That's okay. I've been to that's Reno, okay. too. Lots of Reno. Okay, my bad. All right, screw <laughs> no, back up on the on – my bad, so however you want to say that. Yeah. All right, let's start <laughs> with Brian and the – you want to tell us, Brian – Give us an idea of how you got started, if you will, with your spiritual path and willing to be in service with others. Because that that guitar is that the guitar man? Is that your documentary? Or tell me tell me what that was about. Well, well uh, I'll answer that first, and then we can you know dive into the other stuff, the spirituality part. Um, so you know, some people watched it and they thought it was a documentary, but it was just a, you know it was kind of a short film that maybe played off as a documentary. And so, yeah, that was me playing the, the, the guitar man. And um, oh. I never acted up. Yep. I never acted up to that point or played guitar in front of anybody. I was a closet guitarist. And, and basically way back in 2011, um, it was just a couple of years after I left my family business, really kind of into the unknown. Um, my first book had already come out and I was, I was pretty scared to speak in front of people. And so one of the tools that I did was one of the ways that I stepped out of my comfort zone was I took an acting class in Reno, and I had no, no plans on acting. However, um, oh, a couple of weeks after the class ended, I had a dream um, about the, the story of the street guitars come to me in the middle of the night, and I woke up, and it felt really powerful, and I felt like I needed to write it down. So I did that, and then um, a few weeks after that, I kind of randomly met a young filmmaker, and I said, hey, I've never made a film nor acted before, but I have this idea that I think might be pretty cool. You want to do this with me? And he said, sure. So we made Guitar Man on the streets of Reno over the course of about four or five nights and just kind of incorporated people that we found downtown. And it, it did really well at film festivals. And it just kind of was a really empowering um, experience for me just to, to, to act and to, you know, put, put some positive messages out there on film and, 
and played guitar, and, and it did well at film festivals, and, and it, somebody else saw that and gave me the lead in their short film, and it just kind of went from there, and that brought me to L.A. six years ago. <laughs> okay. Now, didn't you, if I remember correctly, I, I can't be that mental. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm pushing mental, but I, <laughs> did you picture, did you put our case down and pull, somebody threw some money in it or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was definitely down there. Yep, that was yep, that was part of the film. That was you, right? Yeah. Okay. That no, I thought you were the guy I wanted to get on here. Yeah, yeah. You 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 really are the the guy that I think you are. It's just <laughs> okay. Good, the, good. Well, you you threw me you threw me with the Nashville thing. Yeah. Yeah, I apologize. My bad. No, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Believe me, I was coast to coast as a truck driver for over eight years and been in every city. And I guess they start looking alike when you're out there playing your guitar yeah. on the or something, you know. But anyway, but this yeah. is awesome because it was the personality and the way that you helped people. You, you The whole point was that you you were out there relating, and, I mean, you made a difference. It was obvious, right? And why don't you tell you. me what, what that was about? Because, or tell people what I'm, why I got so motivated and why I wanted you to come on this show. But it was, well, it was I mean, heartening. Yeah. Well, ultimately, I think, I mean, I tried to incorporate a lot of different little messages in there, but ultimately, um, I played a street guy who, who played guitar for money, and, you know, he was, you know, I don't know if he was homeless or almost homeless or what have you, but, you know, I interacted with a lot of the, the other homeless, real people that were there on the streets, and... Um, I was trying to raise money to get a guitar that I saw in a pawn shop. And, um, it, you know, so, so kind of the, the, the short just kind of has me playing and interacting with people and what have you and kind of just, you know, sharing my story, kind of almost like it's a documentary. And at the very end, I'm walking by someone who's kind of down on their luck, and I take the money out of my pocket that I had raised from playing that evening, and instead of putting it toward the guitar that I wanted to buy, I... I gave it to him. So kind of ultimately, I think that was the main message of the, of the short film. Yeah, it was, it was really touching. And I thought, what a guy I want to, I want to have you on this show. And, and just, I, I don't, I, did, I guess maybe I didn't understand the whole deal, but it touched me. And I want to, I guess no. I want you to tell me how to do that. To, to, no, it, it made okay, me feel like you. it was like one of those pay it forward kind of feelings yeah well no exactly right and and you know and 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 you know i guess i take it as a compliment because a lot of people did think it was real <laughs> you know and not 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 just a little short film that we kind of put together i mean some of it we did spontaneously but but most of it we kind of had planned out um but you know some of the people that i incorporated were people that were living on the street and i tried to include their stories just to kind of give them a face you know they're not we see we see homeless people all the time wherever we're living and it's really easy just to kind of not really think too deeply about, you know, them or their situation or what have you. And, and uh, you know, they've all got a story. And uh, so, like I said, there was kind of a lot of different little angles that I was trying to include in that film, messages. It was educational entertainment, but it had the message of uh, humanity and, and yeah, you know, your yeah. spiritual path and willing to help others and, all the stuff I want to do when I, you know, do something like you did that I haven't done yet, but I want to. Uh, and so, no, you know, it, habits it's for never success. too late. <laughs> Thank you. Well, your habits for success, how do you go from doing something 
like that and uh, to discussing your life and your spiritual path and how you wrote this Habits for Success because you are being like a motivational kind of actor journey triathlon, you know, <laughs> everything yeah. kind of guy. Well, I – the triathlons. I mean, it feels like I've lived many lifetimes. The triathlons. The last one I, the last one I did was in 2006. Now um, I've done did over 50 altogether, and four of them were the Ironman distance. And so for me, you know, that was just kind of another lifetime, and it was just, um, it was kind of became a lifestyle, and I really felt uh, it made me feel alive, and it, you know, made me feel empowered, and and I really enjoyed training, and and then the, um, you know, the the feeling I got when I did finish the race, but. Uh, you know, since then, uh, the last 10 years have been a completely different kind of path, although maybe I brought some of that same drive to what I'm doing. Um, in, in essence, I left my family business 10 years ago, really into the unknown. I did not know what I was going to do, but I just kind of felt like I was done growing there. I felt like uh, I was supposed to do something else with my life. And um, like I had this gift inside of me that needed to come out, although I didn't know what it was at the time. But I just knew I needed to try. So... So I left my family business, and ever since then, you know, my first book happened in 2009 kind of accidentally, but, it, but it's pointed me in this direction of, of continually kind of learning about myself and at the same time creating positive content and positive media, whether it's a short film or it's a book like Habits for Success or a TEDx talk or what have you. I just like to try to put out positive, inspirational um, content just to get people thinking and to, to, you know, help them realize that, you know, they're enough just being who they are. And, and uh, so the book Habits for Success, which you just briefly talked about, it just came out a few months ago, and it's kind of a culmination of the last 10 years of my life as I ventured off into the unknown and as I continued to step out of my comfort zone and have all these things start to happen for me, you know, new, new um opportunities and, and um, I just almost kind of, it's like I, looking back, it's like I sat in an observer's perch kind of documenting my own self-growth process. And so this book is just kind of a culmination of all of that and me paying attention to what helped me and what didn't help me. And, and I just try to write a, a whole, you know, a whole bunch of different things that had helped me along the way. And I tried to do it in kind of an interesting uh, inspiring and thought-provoking way. And, uh, you know, that's what kind of each chapter uh, is made up of. And so, so that's kind of how Habits for Success came about, just as kind of a culmination of me on this journey that I really had no idea what was inside of me or, or knew that was knew lay ahead of me. Well, Brian, what, what was your family business? Let me just ask you a quick. What was your family business? Yeah. We had a golf center. It was a driving range, a retail store, and a nine-hole par three course up in Salem, Oregon, where I'm from. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, and so it what was your position I, with that? Well, was that like um, you, if you stayed there, you would inherit it and be the boss of type of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I my dad, had he was an insurance salesman also, so it was kind of a side business. However, uh, you know, I grew up working there. It was my first job when I was in seventh grade. I'd drive around in a little beat-up John Deere mower with a cage made out of chicken wire to keep me safe from the balls, you know, that were being hit at it. And as I picked them up every night, and, you know, then I worked there during high school, and then um, 
I ended up, it was, somebody else was leasing it at the time from us. However, I still worked there. And then when I uh, moved back up to Oregon in 1997 and took it over. And so I was basically running everything. You know, I did the hiring and the firing and the marketing and merchandising and for 11 years. And so, you know, until I decided it was time to leave. So when you left, who took it over? Or did it just We end? ended up, well, my dad was okay with the decision. He wanted me to be happy, and um, we decided to sell it. So, you know, I really was jonesing to hit the road, but I ended up having to stay an extra year because we decided to list it and went through the process of trying to sell it and find a buyer, which we did. But, um, you know, that last year, while it was kind of tough for me, it ended up turning out to be a blessing in disguise because uh, one day, kind of right in the middle of it, I was feeling out of balance myself. And I just sat down and felt like I needed to write down a handful of things that, that would help keep me in balance during that period. And so that's what I did. And I would refer to my list when I wasn't feeling my best. And it helped me so much so that my intuition said, you need to expand the list and write a book. And so that's what I did. It just kind of poured through me. And I ended up self-publishing it right at the end of the, my last year there. And, um, self-published it, you know, and, and that kind of, like I said earlier, was kind of the impetus to kind of point me in this whole direction that I've kind of been on ever since. Well, how did you get on See, the bubble? That's yeah. a big jump. How, how did I do what? Become a TEDx presenter. Well, that happened, to, uh, I did that four years ago. Um, you know, I'd already created, a, you know, I've already, I had already written um two books up to that time, up to that point, and, you know, creating a few other short films here and there. And, and then somebody just called me up out of the blue who I briefly met. Well, after I left the business, I moved to Reno, Nevada, to be near my son, who was just entering high school in the Northern California area. And I met this gentleman um, who was curating a TEDx event. And so he called me up and he said, I think you'd be a good addition. Would you like to do it? And you know, it was very scary, of course, but I just kind of gulped and said yes. And so that's how that came about. And I had three months to get ready for the talk. And so I just, um, you know, spent a month really trying to, to write the best piece that I could. And then I just practiced it for those two months before. And that's kind of how I became a TEDx speaker. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, yeah. T- you know, just a lot book. of... Mm-hmm. Your, your first ahead. and second book, they were... They were children's books. So you have children. And you, well, what actually, made you decide to write a children's book? Yeah, well, the children's books actually were my third and fourth books. Uh, my first okay. two books were self-help books. And, yeah, so the first two books, um, the first one's Brian's List, 26 and a Half Easy to Use Ideas on How to Live a Fun, Balanced, Healthy Life. And so that was my very first book. And the second one was called Finding Your Voice. And so the children's books came about kind of randomly. Um, When I was working at the business, the family business, every once in a while I would just kind of get an idea for a a kid's story, and I would just write it down, and then I would maybe just kind of start to try to piece it together. And um, it was almost like a mental exercise for me, you know, like putting a jigsaw puzzle together because they rhyme. And my stories rhyme. And so I never really planned to do anything with them. And, um, but when I, when I had moved to Reno, I met a young guy who was working for a company that was making moving picture apps for children's stories. 
And I ended up signing a contract with them to do five of my stories. And they were working on them, and they were looking really good, and now all of a sudden they ran out of money. So the project kind of got shelved. And um, after a couple of years, I, I asked I, to be released from my contract, and so they did that for me. And in 2016, I just... I got a wild hair, you know, that says, hey, you know what, I'm going to do this myself. And so I, I found an illustrator and just kind of produced that on my own. And, and that's how my first book, Steve the Alien, happened. And then I put another one out early last year. And so, yes, I do have a child. Uh, he's 25 now. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And you're not as young as you look. No, thank you. No, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> soon to be 50. I'm soon to be 53. Oh, that must be good good living. Now, I don't smoke or drink, not that it's bad for you if you can do everything in moderation. (laughs) And I don't eat bean sprouts, but I have. I've been accused of that, and bacon and and cucumber sandwiches living in Hawaii. But to be honest with you, I was raised in the South. I look like I have meat and taters in me and, you know, jam is funny in me. But uh, how do you live this healthy life of yours? You want to tell us, uh, because, you know, we don't want to point fingers. We're not judging anybody. But, you know, I, I do integrative medicine, and yet I do the phenomenology and the, you know, the wow factor of serendipity. And it, to me, it sounds like you have synchronicities of meeting the right people at the right time. So that's all the stuff I look for, you know, to make it yeah. like why yeah. you? How did you wind up on my radio show just because I saw you on a TV, see, and, and <laughs> talked to Janet about it? And then I, I said, well, y'all would like to have him on TV sometime, and then or have him on the show. And then it's been months, and I, and over the months, somehow, uh, Janet said, I don't know how we got this guy. Went, That's the, the guitar guy. The, he went out and did this film, but I thought it was Nash, so it was Rena. But anyway, but I said that, so he's, and we did, I didn't even know you were coming on. I, I got all excited. I just found out, like, <laughs> last night. And I was like, uh-huh. she, she, we weren't putting it all together. So that's why, you know, the, the, the guitar thing was important. That's how my yeah. brain remembered. Oh, that's the guy. You got him. Blah, 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 blah. So, <laughs> I don't know, it's some guy who told me to get a long time ago, and, and it just took that long. But remember, I had a death in the family, so, you yeah, know, I apologize for being back out but you know give me an idea you were in the right place at the right time to meet the right people to do the right thing well i think i mean the whole first of all the healthy living thing you know i mean i think it helps obviously when i was i was doing triathlons for such a long time and i really became self-aware um about what worked for me food wise and what didn't and so i've i do i eat pretty darn healthy and that makes a huge difference you know um but as far as the synchronicity goes yeah, you know, I just feel like it's confirmation that I'm on the right track, you know, because I, I, I just, I listen to my intuition and I trust it and I just move forward toward it, even though it doesn't necessarily make sense. And and I just kind of keep connecting with the right people because I'm kind of, you know, because I'm on the right path and, and I'm being supported and and uh, synchronous events kind of happen. And, uh, you know, it's interesting when I was, Three, I told my mom that I was put here to inspire people, and she reminded me not too long ago. So it's almost like it was kind of part of my DNA or my life's mission from the get-go, and I didn't really get tapped into it until I left the family business. Well, that's great, because leading and inspiring, we need people like that, all entrepreneurs, and a lot of people don't understand that word, but I've had 
paid a lot of money to learn how to be one, so I know I am one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you there. <laughs> I'm a professional entrepreneur, and I paid for yeah. my training. <laughs> yep, I did too. So you sound like one of those guys that knows how to pull something together and make it happen. And, you know, persistence is important, but why don't you give us an idea? Do you have some pointers out of your habits for success? Because that's what people are going to see when they come to all of our you know, FM radio or look for podcasts to listen to. And you're under entertainment tonight, but, you know, we've got self-help hashtags and things like that, yeah. and books and radio shows well, and, you know. Yeah. I think – Go there, ahead, give us some ideas. Four, well, there's 48 chapters in this, so there's a lot of things. I'm going to start uh, with the ones – in my TEDx talk, I basically talked about my journey – and I wove five points that I learned and utilized along the way to help me along the journey. And those five things are, I write about in the book as well, and I think they're really, they're really important for me. Number one is listen to your intuition and trust whatever comes your way. And so, you know, I guess I was lucky that I, the first time I really kind of I've always been able to act on things that like feel like all systems go, you know what I mean? Like I need to do this. Whether it was like <clears throat> way back when I was a kid, a guy found this magazine on the ground in the late seventies of, of all these this baseball magazine that had a bunch of addresses of old former ball players. And I love baseball and baseball his, history. And so I found that and I just saw those and I go, you know what? I need to write to them. And so I started writing all these letters to all these legends of the game that played in the 1920s and 30s and 40s. And they started writing back to me. And it was almost like potentially Christmas every time I went to the mailbox. And so that was one of the first times that I kind of feel like I, you know, really just, just jumped on something that just felt like I needed to do. But, you know, looking back, triathlons were something that were very, um, kind of felt very intuitive. I hurt my knee in college and I set a goal to, to do a short one. And, and so that gave me kind of a, a target while I was rehabbing my knee and getting myself in shape again. And, and I fell in love with it when I did it. I did four more that summer and then 10 the next summer and I just kind of got hooked. But um, so that kind of felt like almost predestined. It's hard to explain, but um, you know, the more that we can trust our intuition, the easier it will get. And, and for me, you know, it's, I think it's just, it's just basically spirit guiding us, you know, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. And it's, it's just kind of a, a game plan or a roadmap. And, and so I'm, I'm blessed that I um, learned how to trust it at an early age. Um, so that's one of the habits that has been really important for me. Um, another one is stepping out of your comfort zone. That's been huge for me. Uh, when the first book came out, you know, I, I didn't, didn't sell very much initially because I didn't know how to market it. Number one. And number two, I was terrified to speak in front of people. And so I knew that if I wanted to share its message, I needed to overcome that. So intuitively, I just, I felt like I, I needed to, to really jump on that. So when I moved to Reno, I, I did a whole bunch of things. I took a couple of community college speech classes. I did Toastmasters for a while. I hired someone to co-host an internet radio show with me who had been doing it. I created an interactive workshop, thinking that I was pretty clever, that I, by making interactive, I didn't have to talk the whole time, and it actually worked out better that way. And uh, another thing that I did was I took an acting class, which I already talked about. And so I really just, 
I forced myself to step out of my comfort zone in that in that way to overcome my fear of being in front of people. And through doing all those things, all these other things started happening and just kind of almost just, you know, the, the dominoes started to fall in a positive way for me. And I started feeling really empowered by all these things that I was doing that were new to me and that really made me feel alive and excited. And I started realizing I had all these gifts inside of me that I didn't know were there. And so that would be another very important habit that I would, I would recommend. Um, I can keep going if you want. You feel free if you have a question. But uh, I, I think the, the third one that's really important, was important for me and I think really important for everybody is life balance. You know, I don't think it's any accident that my first book was a whole bunch of different ways to stay in life balance because it's really been kind of my rock ever since. And having that knowledge of what keeps me in balance and what throws me out of balance enables me to really kind of keep my routine and my, my flow um, in a much better state than it would be if I was living reactively instead of proactively. So balance has been really huge for me. Yeah, I think that's important for everybody. <laughs> to, Absolutely. To get the balance in your life. And um, I, I think it's what we see now. This new generation has boundaries, like none before. So that's like changing all society. Knowing who you mm. are and who the parent other is and, you know, creating a balance in your life and creating the parameters of, you know, your boundaries of what's okay and what isn't. So but I don't know if you know so, that, yeah. but that's yeah, yeah no, I totally agree. I mean, self, self-awareness self is so important. And the more self-aware that we can become, you know, the more, I don't know, just it does so much for us. I mean, it just, it, it keeps us on the right track. It it, it, it keeps us from, um, you know, just, just running into obstacles that, that we don't need to run into. I mean, it, it just, I don't know. We, it, You know, the most important thing I think about being a bounce for me is it allows my intuition to come through stronger. And and so that can never be a bad thing. Well, so many people that are, you know, I can get as balanced as I want, but then if the people around me are like spinning out of control, um, it's just a, it's a strange new world, right? And uh, a lot of people are the walking wounded, right? And, and their whole life yeah. is about drama. And it's like, okay, and I I finally do my work and uh, on myself, but I'm getting there, and then all of a sudden there's this other random, you know. Uh, out of control factor that comes in and it's like, well, there goes my day. Now I have to do, you know, this in order to, <laughs> you know, survive or whatever. So what I'm, I'm uh, amazed at, you're able to earn a living doing all this because most people go through and they're working for the man and, you know, they feel like slaves, corporate economic slaves and, and they're grasping for well, a little bit of bliss here and there. So, yeah, kind of you know, I'm, I'm, young Tony Robbins. Yeah, that's well. Thank you. I mean, I think I'm a lot more mellow than he is. I'm not a rah rah guy. I'm just kind of like Teddy Roosevelt walks softly and carry a big stick. You know what I mean? And just yeah, I'm pretty yeah. even keel. But but you know, as far as the the money making money thing, I'm you know it's it's not easy. I'm still working on on it in different ways. Um, you know, I, I do what I do because I love it. But yes, it'd be nice to be fully supported for it as well. So I'm still, I'm still working on, on that a little bit. You know, I have a lot of different things that I'm, I'm do that kind of all help. You know, being a coach, and you know, I'm going to start doing some more 
like webinars and stuff like that. And then there's the book sales and the occasional acting thing. But I mean, I'm, I'm ready to, to do things on a bigger scale. And I think, you know, part of, in some ways I'm, I've had to work on really learning how to love and accept myself. And I think we all do. Um, and so part of that has probably kept me back a little bit, but, uh, as I, as I get, you know, stronger and stronger in that area and, you know, get my foundation really solid, then it's just, you know, it's just gonna, once my energy gets exactly where it needs to be, then, you know, I know that it'll all take care of itself. TJ, back to you. Yeah. All right. Well, (laughs) I know that, uh, I don't know if we're friends or not on LinkedIn, but I'm, see some of my messages so I, I didn't mean to sound like I was listening but uh, some of these people are coaches and team builders and uh, working uh, people telling me things so they're thanking me for having you on and they want to be involved in networking and interested in marketing and all that stuff so if we're open to it so I guess I'll have to set up a whole thing with LinkedIn people so uh I don't think we are. You have a LinkedIn, though, don't you? Account? Because a lot of these people yeah. are in Okay. Yeah, I, I think it should just be, it should be under, like, G. Brian Benson, I think. You know, uh, uh, you know it's, it's funny. My parents named me Gary, but they've always called me by my middle name, Brian. And so that kind of gets a little confusing sometimes. I am called Brian, but, but my books and acting and everything in mo- most social media is G. Brian Benson. Okay. Let's see. I don't – I guess I can hit connect on um, – uh, apparently, you're one of the few ones that has not found me, but I found you actually. So you will be a second person. I don't know what that means, but I'm gonna say send now. So if you get uh, my name on, let's see who I am on here. I've got so many names. Let's see. <laughs> actually, depends on the day of the week. Yeah, no, actually, it's just Teresa Jeanette Thurman Morris. But uh, anyway, uh, it'll probably be T.J. Morris Agency. It says, no, it says Teresa J. Morris. Okay. Phenomenology Research, author, radio host. <laughs> so that's, uh, I, I don't know how to send you one or anything. I, 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 just, I, oh, I, just, I just saw you. I just found you, and uh, we're connected now, I think. Cool. Okay. So is that yeah. what I did? I hit the blue button, and it automatically connected us? Well, I, went, I'm, I'm on, I, I went on really quick, too, and accepted also. <laughs> nice. All right. I gotta go find you too. Okay. I know. It's like folks, this is what you do. It's we gotta there's connect all these people. Again. Yeah, there's all these people like him. And mm. uh did you well, well, uh, you say, mm-hmm. well it's important. I, Who's next? Janet, you're next. Okay, well uh I just wanted to go back to um you have several YouTubes, right? Um, you mean some videos up on YouTube? Your, yeah. Yeah, you've got your TEDx. You've got the Guitar yep. Man. You've got There's another Light, short. which is. Yeah. Is it called Light? Is that you? Yeah, it's a poem. And I yeah. didn't get to There's listen a, to these. That's all right. There's another short film on them that I did a couple years ago called Searching for Happiness that has a nice message also that I wrote. Okay, and, uh, I'm looking for that. But don't be surprised if you get a lot of LinkedIn people after this radio show. No, that, that, that's it. wonderful. I, yeah, no, I love to connect with other people. And, yeah, you know, one other thing I mentioned that I'm that way. Uh-huh. Oh, I was going to say, one of the, I was gonna, one, you know, I mentioned all the different things that I'm kind of doing. And one other thing that I'm starting to do a lot more, which I hadn't done a lot of, is speak. And so 
I just got hired to go speak in Sweden in September, so I'm really excited about doing more speaking. Oh, great. You're going yeah. to Sweden? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it's funny because it's funny because I have a lot of relatives there. I'm part Swedish and part German on my mom's side, and so. so oh. Be pretty cool. You may may as well do some genealogy while you're over there, for your family. Well, yeah, no, she's she's been over there like 30 times, and she took me in 2006. So I've already met three or four different groupings of, of some of my relatives. Yeah. Oh, so you have your I, passport ready. So your speaker oh, yeah. passport ready. That's important. It it is. It is. <laughs> You're way, way out there. That's awesome. Well, uh, yeah. where do we, where do we go? You want to inspire some more people with? You've done books. You've done triathlon. You're going to be a speaker now, traveling <laughs> the world. You're going to be a world traveler. Uh, what are you enthused about yeah. now? Are you going to be a big networker yeah. and commute? You know, back and forth around the world, or. What's up? <laughs> well, I, that, that would be wonderful. You know what I'm really enjoying doing is um, a little bit of spoken word stuff. I'd be happy to read a poem that I wrote. It's in the book, actually, and it's also going to be um, uh, uh, one of my it's, – it's already a video as well. It's called Your Voice. If you want me, I'd, be, I'd, I'd love to do that. If you want me to yeah. do that, I'll just take like a, a minute. I, I okay. would like to hear – Something besides all this other stuff you've done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. He writes poetry right. too. Renaissance man, yeah. speak. <laughs> all right. It's called What's it your called? Voice. Give us, give it a name. Your the voice. The poem is. All right. Your voice creates a ripple, over land and well beyond. Truthful words vibrate, lifted, to create a loving bond. Your voice can be your freedom or your voice can be your hell. Mindful heed in word and thought send forth love and light to gel. Your voice can give permission to another seeking truth. Authentic, centered living taps into eternal youth. Your voice can be the difference to set a young child free. Loving words to encourage a model for them to be. Your voice is your ready key to unlock your truthful worth. Spoken pure, life now renewed, energized, loving, rebirth. Your voice gives inspiration for those afraid to speak. Reassuring tones shared true helps others gain their peak. Your voice is a kindred link when spoken face to face. True connection, eyes unite before texting took its place. Your voice is your true freedom when it's spoken from the heart. Intuition's guiding path helps you play your destined part. And your voice is fundamental for all life and love to flow. Empowered, valued, perfect, painting a worldly glow. There you go. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. That's nice. That's very nice. I, I. It was a very manly but sweet. But you're so, I guess for me, <laughs> middle western manly kind of poet poet guy. <laughs> it it well, wasn't real, you. you know, heart where art thou kind of, you know. And oh, no, I no, no. I, I, I just try to write layman's terms, but with depth. 
There you go. I like that. Yeah, you, you got yourself. You don't have to be rapping down to know what's what when you can't rhyme words. It doesn't mean squat, right? So <laughs> I, I can, you can tell I don't do poetry or rap. <laughs> but to some people, that's how they communicate, right? I guess, yeah. Well, you yeah. were talking about the voice. I got that and the sound. Oh. So. Can you go into some high-level metaphysical, esoteric-like notes and uh, the scale? Because you are a guitarist. Do you play by ear, or did you have any music in your background besides poetry? No, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of by ear and self-taught. I haven't played a whole lot lately. I kind of hurt my <laughs> wrist, um, but but. Um... Yeah, no, I mean, when, uh, when I, I didn't, I kind of uh, didn't un- quite understand your question. Did you want me to play guitar right now? <laughs> music. <laughs> What's that? Besides poetry, could you read music? You know, out in Nashville, a lot of the people that were on my CDs did not play music, and they have a Nashville sound, and they have a. Uh, well, a, a way that they chord and they use a certain language, and I don't even remember. It used to, I used to know all of that, but it's been over uh, 15 I don't, I'm years. Not sure. I was in yeah, that. I'm not sure what that is. It's how you get the musicians together. There's and play my song when I write it in real music, and they don't really get into the real music. So they'll have one hmm. guy at the studio that may read, and then they do this Nashville code. And I can't remember the name of it. It's been too many years. I was CMA. <laughs> you know, before. I've never really, uh, that's interesting. I've never really ever played with other people. I mean, I'm just kind of a closet guitarist. And I just, you know, incorporated it in that short film. And, and I've got another little thing I'm working on. But, I mean, other than that, I don't, haven't really utilized my guitar in any of my work. Good man. Not, this is strange for me. Because, going <laughs> out, you know, I had to learn keyboard my grandmother insisted and so when I was in school I had to go and learn and when everybody else was taking a class I had to go take piano at the school and you know she paid extra and then I had to be in the choir and then I had to go on television to KNOE and <laughs> Channel 10 to sing and so I you know I had to do all this stuff because that was part wow. of my upbringing but it's wow. amazing that you, oh, I didn't know you, were forced. <laughs> you had to what? do all that TV that's a new part I didn't know you had to see when I was a kid, there was a piano in my bedroom, and it was weird that I had the largest bedroom, but I think it's because it was haunted. But anyway, I had this bedroom, and there was a piano, so I would just go up and play. So I started um, just playing the piano. I never got, like, really good, like some of these kids that you see three, four years old, they're concert pianists. But so because I started that way, just kind of picking things by ear, when I was older, like, you know, my 10 when they start you know, sending you off to music class. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I was uh, too much of a rebel. So I'm kind of like you, Brian. So when I was uh, 14, 15, I picked up a guitar. Mm. And I and I'm a, I'm a, a little hippie chick, right? So this is the 60s. Mm. <laughs> and I would just walk through the neighborhood and back in Pittsburgh in the day. Uh, people would go out in the summer and they'd sit on their porches. You know, we didn't have cell phones, right? And uh and you could walk up to somebody sitting on their porch playing songs and just say, oh, let me, uh, let me see what you're playing. And they would just show you, and then you'd start playing together. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then, I, then I'd say, oh, well, here, let me show you one. 
And I would spend hours in, in the summertime just going from porch to porch, learning and teaching and singing together. So that's, that's really cool. how I began into music. And um, I haven't played guitar in years. I, I had my index finger bit by a cat. And so it's all, it had operations uh-huh. on it. So it's crooked now. I can't, I can't press, you know, left hand, you have to press down uh, the board. I can't do it anymore. Too bad. I've well, lost my guitar. Well, for, like here's here's an example for you, Brian, to help you with your habits of success. Like I had to mm-hmm. have ballet, tap, jazz, piano. Uh, I was equestrian. I had to ride, and you know the boots and all that. But I was from the you poor south, thing. And, you know, and <laughs> you know, and I had I had to do these things, and so I have all this wonderful background that I didn't want. Now, Janet, on the hand, other hand grew up and she got thrown into a lot of stuff and now she's you know she's been in front of people and they have had all these tapes and been with famous people and you know been up and down teaching classes in california and then here you come along about 17 to 20 years younger than us <laughs> i give or take a generation or two but <laughs> so how would you inspire us with new habits because we're like, uh, you know, in the beautiful sunset of our lives here over 50. <laughs> are, are you at 50 right now, but you sound so young? Can we see a picture I'm of your almost, body? I'm 50 <laughs> in June. He's not that young. He's just, he's just too young. Um, some people accuse me of being younger than I am, too. But that's okay. I, I think age is So how do you inspire <laughs> How do you inspire people like us? Because Sweden's going to be healthy, and you're going to be 50, and you've done 50 triathlons. So you're up to your prime, and 50 is where you get your peak, and you start making mega bucks, right? That's the push. <laughs> you know, it's like go. the late bloomer. Mid 50 and over, we got to make that last 50 to 75. And I don't know at what age you're supposed to retire, but by the time you get there, they'll be bringing you back down. They're supposed to be regenerating us within the next three years. I'm already bionic, so, I, you know, no, we're no, supposed to be younger. Let's regenerate. So, let's, let's yeah, go, tell, let's us, tell us, Brian. Wait, 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 us. stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, so they're going to regenerate. Wait, who's going to be regenerating? Sign me up. Uh, so what are, you, what are you referring to? Well, who's the next three be years, all the talk. Yeah, you know what Adult I mean? Talk. People okay. are going to be getting younger. Yeah, yeah. just think about TED Talks. But just let's okay. say in okay. generally speaking that, you know, within the next three years, there's a lot of stuff coming up in our integrative medicine and our health improvement and, uh, you know, our phenomenology. So we'll just say that for yeah. health and wellness in the metaphysical realm of science, uh, we're going to be doing Habits for Success. And, Brian, how would you inspire the older generation? You're going over to, you know, here I am. I'm 67 year old. I'm 5'11". I'm 230 pounds. I'm in Sweden. I'm sitting out there. Here comes <laughs> Brian Benson, Habits for Success. Impress me. Make me feel like that you know something I don't. Can you do that? Well, I mean, I can't force anything on you. You have to want to be open to being inspired, and everybody's inspired in different ways. So, you know, I guess ultimately, um, you know, the more that I've gone along in this journey, you know, we're all obviously spiritual beings having a human experience, but I think, you know, we all want to be, I think, at some core, to be the most authentic version of ourselves that we can be. 
And it's really easy to get kind of sidelined and, you know, off track with that, with all, you know, our modeling or, you know, or what we went through growing up or just what society tells us we need to do. But I think ultimately our greatest uh, task that we have is to really, if you break everything down to its smallest little place is to learn how to love and accept ourselves. So, I don't necessarily try to inspire anybody. I just try to be as authentic a version of myself that I can be. And hopefully by doing that, other people get inspired to be the most authentic version of themselves that they can be. And I know that there's a lot of other people out there that were like me before that, you know, that have fears or afraid to speak in front of others or afraid to do whatever. And, you know, I've really... I don't, I'm not, I don't really feel like I was put here to tell people what to do. I feel like I'm just supposed to be here to be kind of a living example to help others, you know, step out of their comfort zone and as well as to just kind of really know that it's safe to, to step into their spiritual side a little bit more. I mean, I'm, I'm not walking around, you know, wearing a flowing purple robe telling everybody to follow me. I'm, I'm, I'm a grounded, pretty grounded person that's pretty darn normal and you know what I'm saying? And yet I'm, I have learned how to trust my, that my spiritual nature and, and that, that side of it. And, and I guess I just want people to know that there's a lot of wisdom and guidance there if they can just trust it. And um, I don't know, you know, does that make sense? So you want to lead with inspiration. So that's a good thing. Lead, lead by example. Lead by example. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay. So you're up there and so, saying. So if that, doesn't, if that doesn't inspire you, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, know, you can inspire me with your next book, Habits for <laughs> Success. I'm going to buy that. And so I'm going over to get it, and I can get it for 15 or seven ninety nine in my little, where I keep my little Kindle? e-book. Nice. Yeah, well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Now, I have let me ask you, Brian. Yeah. Let me ask a question, Brian. So you you use um, you said it's a hero's journey, which is Joseph Campbell's. Yeah. Uh, right. You're talking about Joseph. So how is your story the hero's journey? Because we've been well, we've been I invoking think... this hero's journey. Uh, lately. Yeah, I think I think everybody has their own hero's journey, and for me, it was just stepping out into the unknown, leaving my family business, I really did not know what was going to happen next. And I mean, obviously everything that has happened since then, it's, it's, you know, I had no idea what was going to happen. So it began by me just trusting that there was more out there for me and that I needed to kind of try and figure that out. And so I guess when I say hero's journey, that's what I mean. You know, we all, so did your dad set you free with like twenty thousand in the bank, or did you go out there with, you know? No, I mean, I, you know, I made just a little bit. I made a little bit off the sale. I made a little bit off the sale, and I had a little bit put away. So, you know, I didn't have a whole lot, but I, I just, I, I just trusted that that I'd figure it out. You know, I mean, a lot of it's just, it's really well, a trust in, in a way, it's a trust walk. In a way, we've all done it, like you said. So, when I when I was leaving my second husband in 1993, um, I had to just go into blind faith that somehow the universe can take care of me because I just had to get away from the horrible situation. So I left everybody I knew, 
and I was living in Pennsylvania. So that was the security, right? You had your family business. I had this society, this family, and this, but it wasn't working. It wasn't working. My my soul was just like depressed. <laughs> it was I was not happy, but I didn't I didn't have like something else waiting for me. So no, I, me I, neither. Like the analogy. Like I'm just uh, I'm hanging off the cliff by my fingernails and I'm just gonna let go yeah. and believe that I can fly. So and, that's and what I get the analogy that we push. Yeah, I well, did. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did, of course. But you I, did. I think back to me doing that, letting go, and I'm afraid for her. <laughs> I was like, even though it worked out, it's like, how did you, that Janet from in 1993, have that much courage? To just let let go, and it's uh, we all, we get into that. Now we have a, you know, like you call it the comfort zone. So now I feel safe again. I've got my, I rebuilt it all. But um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you have your cocoon now, and you have what's what's your life like now? Well, a little bit of a cocoon. I've, I believe I've had to kind of live frugally, you know, on this journey as I as I've tried to you know kind of continue. And move forward. What I'm doing. I mean, I just I feel I have an, an idea of where it's all headed, but it, you know, it takes a while. And and I've had to do a lot of growing myself and solidifying my own foundation and learning a lot of lessons that that enabled me to you know help others and have more empathy and sympathy because I've gone through the same things they have. You know, I've had lots of ups and ups and downs just like everybody else. So, um, you know, I'm I'm I'm. You know, it, it's expensive to live out in L.A. You know, I'm 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 doing all right, but I mean, I'm I'm not. You know, I'm just I'm just uh, just trying to move forward and be truthful to what it is I'm supposed to be doing, and, and try to have fun along the way. Are, are you, know, you a, a, a mm-hmm. partner, a wife, or are you? you no, nope, I'm I'm single right now. I'm just uh, uh-huh. in an apartment. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So that's are you not leading, in a way. Are you not leading like a life coach uh, thing at a at a uh, like a meetup group? They're like nineteen ninety nine a month or something on meetup. Because I know a lot of people would love to meet you just to get you to help them with triathlons. This habit for well, success. Because you well, need to tell you. them yeah. how to do this. They need, you know, like you said, lead by example. But you need to be available to all these people so they well, can get to you. Yes. Yes, I, I, mean, I have not. Well, thank you. I'm not doing the meetup stuff now, but I, I, you know, I, I, you know, on my website you can learn a lot about my coaching, and so I'm available for coaching. Um, and like I said a second ago, I was, um, I'm looking to maybe do a little bit more, uh, maybe a webinar where we meet twice a month um, for an hour, hour and a half on, on okay, online, and, we, and I can talk about, yeah, I can talk about some of the habits in the book or do some, you know, group yeah. coaching or whatever. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of making some of that happen, but I am available as a coach you know, currently. Okay, yeah. where do I go sign up? Of course, you're in L.A. I need somebody in physical. I need a coach to help me on some equipment because I used to run health spas too. I've had to do that. I had to well, do training. Yeah, and no, I don't really out. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't really do the, the the physical training coach stuff. I'm, I, you know, that's a past life of mine, the the triathlon. Oh. So, um, it's it's more life coaching, you know, and you know, obviously, I can help people, oh. you know, just in a lot of different ways in that realm. And I, you know, I can coach someone to self-publish a book. I mean, I can do a lot of that. So that's kind of the coaching 
you know, um, the, the, the training I don't do, the, the gym training. Oh, you don't. You're not one of those Bob guys that had a heart attack. No, 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 no. I, I only have so much energy and bandwidth to do what I'm doing and, and all this other, you know, the, the, the filming and the acting and the self-help stuff is, is what makes me happy now. I, I don't have any desire to be a, like a training coach per se. What do you have an do you have uh, an age? Yeah. A, uh, what do they call it? An agent that books you to go agent. try out? <laughs> Um, I have a manager, yeah, and uh, you know, yeah. and I'm able to. I get some auditions myself, and I mean, it, I took a half a step back last year because of the book and spending a lot of time on some other stuff. So I didn't go to as many auditions. Um, I do have a small part on a TV show that should be airing pretty soon on the El Rey channel. It's a cable channel. It's, it's a TV show called Sangre Negra, meaning Black Blood in Spanish, and. Eric Estrada, who played Ponch and Chips, is in it, and Eric Roberts, and wow. a lot of people that you I might recognize. So. Yeah. yeah. I've seen a commercial Trailer, I guess. What do you I'm play? Like, what do you play? Maybe. What do you uh, do? I play, I, my character is like a, not a very nice guy. I, I get cast as a normal guy with the dark side a lot. <laughs> but but I, I play a sports reporter who kind of gets into trouble with one of the crime families. So, Yeah. What's that going to do for your habits for success? <laughs> what, what's that? A little irony there. You get cast as yeah. the bad guy, you know, the dark exactly. guy. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> that's what do you, you have any idea why they, they choose you for that? Okay, well, we're talking over each other. Okay, I'll, I'll, this, I'll just listen for a while. You guys talk. Go ahead. No, no, I no, I heard your question. So basically, I think this, I'm, I'm, I'm primarily an introvert. I'm an outgoing introvert, but there's a part of me that, that needs a lot of quiet time and can be just kind of like, you know, just um, shut down a little bit. And so I think there's that part of me that can be outgoing, but there's also that kind of mysterious part that's not. And so I think that plays well uh, for that kind of a role. And have you bet on anything that we might have seen you in? Uh, Probably, I mean, probably not. I mean, I've, I've been in, I don't know, I've been having quite a few credits. I mean, I've been in some videos. Some, are you familiar with Prince EA, the guy who does the spoken word pieces that yeah, are really like, inspiring? Yeah, I'm familiar with Prince yeah. EA. I, yeah. I've, I've been in a couple of his, and he's become an acquaintance of mine. Um, oh, and I'm going cool. to be in a Jay Shetty video here probably in a couple of weeks. It should be ready. He's, he does a lot of um, in, inspirational videos as well. And so, um, other than that, you know, just uh, a lot of a lot of crime shows. Um, I'll have small parts, like that on Investigation ID channel and stuff like that. People have emailed me and said they saw me. So Aww. those are all cable cable shows. But, well, cool, um, you're yeah. out there then, huh? You're out there, so we can. Well, you have Trying to, to be. list all your credits, right, on IMDb or Rotten Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there. You can you can find me on IMDb. Yep. <laughs> so we're great. All right, I uh, I haven't done anything on IMDb because in a long like forever, but I'm I'm on there somewhere. <laughs> I think <laughs> it is. I make I make sure my people with my you know my authors and my my speakers to get out there and do their IMDb nice. stuff. So that's good. Well, good. Yeah. I'm glad that you're more than just you know in films, but. You know, you're going to Sweden, and where do we, do you have your calendar? Do you use Google Calendar, or you know, how do you, do you have like 
come see me at this conference or are you going um, to the whole life conference or anything like that out there? Not yet. No. Uh, right now, I'm just I've got that in September in Sweden. Uh, I'm in the process of putting something on my on my website that has the events coming up. I've got a couple book signings coming up. One's going to be in Santa Clarita at the end of this month, and I'm going to be in San Diego in at the end of May, and uh, a few other things that are being put together. So you know, I, I want to do more of that. I'm totally open to that. If you know anybody out in the area wants the- to have me come. Well, yeah, people need you, – you need on the speaker bureau's list for the once a month go encourage the older ladies over at the, you know, retirement home or, you know, the local country club or something. So you remember what it was like working for the golf people, but you've got to go around and get your name out there and let all the families know. And a lot of our speakers – Stan Friedman got started and all the little ladies coming together. He was a physics guy. Right, a, a, a guy, but he talked about UFOs, that flying saucers are real. Uh, are you familiar with Stanton T. Friedman? And our I don't UFO think so. You know, you know, it's funny, I was on an episode of, um, what was it called? Uh, it was a UFO show, and I played a cop that saw one. Um, Roswell, New uh, Mexico? No, it was, uh, is it the UFO Project? or I don't know, it was one of those, gosh, dang it. Um, I was also on a show called Mysteries of the Unexplained. I played a park ranger. Oh, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I can't remember the, the UFO one. You, you could find that on IMDb. What's that? Oh, that would be an idea. So you could actually really cross over in our niche genres. We have the UFO Association that I've done for years for people that write articles and stuff. But, you know, we do promote a lot of MUFON people, uh, investigators, and uh, hmm. Do you know Rick Doty? He's out there, a former Air Force, but he's yeah. like a consultant to Hollywood. No, no, I've never really. I've never. No, I don't. I mean, I've never really. I mean, I, you know, I, I believe, I believe in aliens, but I just haven't really ever gotten into studying that or any of that myself. Well, I thought, I thought Janet said you wrote a book about an alien kid or something. Tell us about that. Now I'm going to look up your IMD8. DB rating, so I'll go over here. <laughs> well, the, ra- the ratings not the, the ratings not the ratings not good because I haven't been active for a while. But you can see all the projects I've done. So okay, um, let me put the, your name in here. So the okay. yes, the first my first book was called Steve the Alien, and it's about a, a little boy that was walking to school and an alien landed nearby, and they he didn't know if he was nice or not, and he, he ended up being nice, and and uh, the alien. Steve was basically on a scavenger hunt put on by his space school and he needed a pair of shoes. And so the whole thing's rhyming and it's kind of a sweet little story. And um, so that's what that's about. Well, cool. so I, guess, so yes, I, did, in with I did write a story about an alien. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. So you do fit in with us. Yeah. That qualifies you. At least you, you know, uh, who was it? Tesla. That said that uh, logic will get you from point A to B, but the imagination will take you everywhere. Absolutely. I always get in trouble when I try to be in my head too much. Yep, I need to trust the heart completely. But, uh, yeah, I think think Steve the Alien's on Kindle, too. You should check that out. You might like it. On Kindle. Yeah, it's it's a really well. My illustrator is amazing, and uh, very very happy with him. Well, give him a pitch. How do we get in touch with your illustrator? <laughs> maybe maybe we want to talk to him, him or her. 
we always need extra people. We're always looking for graphic artists, illustrators, book cover artists. Oh, um, I can, I can, I can definitely, yeah, I can put you in touch with them. Sure, after we're done, absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, what else, Janet? Do you have something you want to talk to him about? <laughs> or not? Where'd you go, lady? She must be on okay, mute. Okay, I'm off mute. Am I on mute now or am I off? <laughs> we well, are off, off mute. <laughs> I'm off mute yeah. now. Okay, I get confused on which one's mute and which one's off. Um, well, you know, it's interesting. So you wrote this, your first children's book, Steve the Alien. Mm-hmm. Just because mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a researcher into the alien phenomenon, the extraterrestrial phenomenon, and I'm what's called an experiencer. And a lot of times we find that when people have something that really happened in their lives, it comes out like a book called Steve the Alien. It comes out, right? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever seen anything or have any missing time? Or, and I don't want to leave the witness, so to speak, but, you know, that's curious that your first children's book would be called Steve the Alien. You know, yeah, there's no, a million I, topics you could have gone into. Well, I just, like I said, I mean, I got the idea for Steve way back in like 2004 and I just, I don't know where it came from, but I thought it was cute. And so I just wrote it down and then, and then, then this story just kind of evolved. And, uh, I, I've never, I've never seen a uh, UFO or an alien per se. I mean, I've had some, okay. some unique kind of, uh, spiritual kind of experiences and seen some things and felt some things, but not, not an alien. Although, okay. So, Oh my gosh! I just reminded me of something. I have no idea what this happened, what this was. But one time when I was in Reno, I was sleeping and I woke up and it kind of felt like I was being watched. And I looked up and hovering above me, I know this sounds freaking goofy, but there was this thing that was kind of rotating. It was very full of colors, and then it just and I it started to move once it kind of realized I was. I noticed it, and then it went through the wall behind my head into the bathroom, and I jumped up and went into the bathroom, but it disappeared. And so it didn't feel evil or anything like that. It was just the weirdest thing. So some kind of, uh, some kind of, uh, what, do you, what do they call those little things that are remotely operated? Some kind of probe. So, it was aliens! <laughs> no. I, don't know. Sounds, I mean, it sounds pretty alien to me. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess it does. Too. I mean, I'm, I guess what we think it of that does. is like you see something in the sky, you know what I mean, zipping around. But um, yeah, that's that's the only thing yeah. that's happened like that. Somebody that was regard. watching you. They were. Yeah, could be those uh, <laughs> now those little um, what do they call those that, that you remotely control? They're everywhere. It, you know, sit up and take pictures of yourself from up in the air. Well, no, it's not, anyway. no, not, 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 not a, not a drone. Like I mean, it was, it, it, cause not it a disappeared. Drone. I mean, it, yeah. So no, it disappeared. I mean, it was, so you saw it blink out. You saw it there and then gone. Yeah, it was there and it just started moving into the wall and it just kind of morphed into the wall and it just disappeared because it wasn't on the other side. That's very ET. <laughs> very. Uh, yeah. Or it could be it could be human. It could be um, you know some kind of mil- secret military project. Now, what? So you were in Reno, and you were yeah. was this when you were making that movie? Oh, I I, I, have, I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, I was there for four years, so it's hard to tell. Oh, for like, four what years, year it, it could be any time. 
So I, I yeah. wanted to ask you, we'll bookmark that for just a moment here, but your guitar man thing. Um, yeah. So you were you were pretending to be a homeless person, and you were dressing yeah. down for that. Is that correct? Okay. Yes. So what made you think of doing that? Well, that came to me in a dream. To dress out. That 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 story came into to me as a dream, and I woke up and I just felt it felt very powerful to me, and I just I felt like I needed to write it down, and so I did. And then and then it just kind of continued to evolve when I met the young filmmaker, and my intuition said to ask him about that. And we made it happen. Did anybody, so you were really interacting with the real homeless people? Yeah, uh, yes. If you watch that, um, pretty much everybody there that we utilized was homeless, um, except for the gentleman who I gave the money to at the very, very end. He was not. He was, he was a plant. Oh, he was a plant. Now, did anybody that was homeless figure out that you weren't homeless? Oh yeah, I think asking? so because they they because they saw the guy filming and stuff. So I think so. I mean, we were very kind, and you know, I, I gave them a little bit of money for their trouble, and you know, I just I just tried to have an honest conversation and interaction with them while we were doing it, and you mm-hmm. know, and just um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I just wondered how that works. Um, we just I kind of just a, a went, I mean, I have, what's that? When I moved to Oahu from Pennsylvania, um, all of a sudden, the, and I wasn't homeless, so to speak, because I had an apartment, right? But all of a sudden, all the homeless people were kind of hanging out with me. <laughs> um, and they were very, very, very friendly. And this is to 1993, so you know, we've got a lot of life in between my original experiences and the homeless. But they, they took care of each other, and they were trying to show me because uh, they knew I wasn't rich. Well, I wasn't homeless. I was just one one step away from it, right? Because this is after mm-hmm. I, I just, um, you know, trusted I could fly and let go. I went all the way to Hawaii and I'm all by myself. And um, but they they were uh, trying to teach me like, here's where you can go get free phone calls. Phone calls. Here's the, and back then they used to let them sleep in the airport. So when you were interacting wow. with the, these real homeless people, they don't let them do that anymore. But they used to let them sleep in the airport back in '93, um, and I thought that was very nice. And I go, "Where do you go? Well, I'm going to go out and sleep at the airport tonight, and I'll see you tomorrow." Right? Did you get to learn anything about their lives and what it was like or truly being homeless? Did you interact enough? Well, I didn't. I didn't really. No, I mean a little bit. I didn't really ask them about like what it was like to be homeless, um, or you know, I didn't. I think both of the gentlemen that I featured the most. um, I think one guy's name was Benjamin. The other one was Cowboy. Went by the name of Cowboy. They. I don't know if they were completely homeless. They were there panhandling. uh, But I don't know. Maybe they had a place that they could go spend the night. I don't know. But. What Benjamin um, shared with me that I think he was a, a vet, a veteran, and uh, I forgot where he told me he was from. I think I mentioned it in the film. And then Cowboy was a gentleman who was in a wheelchair, and um, I think he was an alcoholic. I mean, I'm not judging him. It just, you know, uh, and he just kind of, mm-hmm. he was he, happy to share his story. He a little bit, he, he, you know, kind of told me he used to be married and had a family, and and that's all in the in the film. And 
and I raised a couple daughters, and then um, you know I don't know where it went wrong, but uh, but um, you know he used to work building. Um, I think uh, worked at an airport somewhere. I don't know if it was military or whatever, kind of building runways as a concrete guy, and and so you know they mm-hmm. they opened up a little bit. They opened up a little bit, but I didn't. That's kind of how I left it, um, you know, in the in the film. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just um, it's such a problem nowadays. It, and, oh, and here in LA, in our lifetime, people. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, I'm just hoping there's some kind of resolution. But um, you know, when I was a child back in the fifties. They called them hobos, and yeah. they were they, these. Um, you could go down to the train tracks. There were there was a big uh, eight, ten lanes of train tracks that went to, along the Ohio River. And I grew up in a town called Avalon, which on the north side of Pittsburgh, heading down the Ohio. And we would go like from far away, and we watched them coming on and off the, the trains. And that's how they they hitchhiked all around the country, but on the train on the rails. And they were sure. a leftover from the uh, the Depression, right? So some of these people were multi-generational going from the Depression. So there's always been homeless. Um, and they seemed, they, they didn't, they kept themselves and they didn't really come up into the town. Uh, but my sister says, and I haven't been home in a long time, since 2001, back to Pittsburgh home. Uh, I've mm-hmm. been in Hawaiian Islands since 93. But she says that um, it's an epidemic and people are everywhere. Um, and I know when I went to, uh, landed on Oahu, when I, and, and it was, I had never seen anything like that. And there was people everywhere. But, you know, it's the tropics. If you're going to be homeless, you're homeless in the tropics, right? Well, yeah, so right, or L.A., right, yeah, absolutely. So there's 100,000 people. And I saw a video on that, and they're what under the bridges or something, or I don't know. There's well, they're all over the place. It. I mean, they're really kind of spread all over the place here in LA, and there's a lot of them in what they call, um, uh, God, what's it called? It's downtown. It's um, oh my gosh, Skid Row. Uh, and there's oh, they, lots of most a lot of them down there, but otherwise they're just kind of spread out everywhere, you know. And there's just there's tents set up on sidewalks and, and it's just, you know, under bridges and you name it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you didn't uh, take it to the next level of, of any kind of thoughts around solutions for this situation. You just were interjecting no. how to be kind in the midst of that. Well, yeah. And just, you know, I tried to share their stories a little bit just to kind of give, give it a face, you know, cause like it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a faceless, faceless thing for most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, I'll let you off the hot seat. I'll let you just no, right. you, you can ask me whatever you want. I was curious because it's like there's a, there's a, many, there's a million topics, and so you, you did, uh, the, you know, one uh, where you're playing a homeless man interacting with the homeless. And so I just wondered what inspired you. So it's kind of like a download. You've got a dream. But, the dream is, but dreams reflect ourselves. So I just wondered what connection between your dream self well, and your waking self that inspired you to make guitar man? I don't know. I almost, you know, I don't disagree. I mean, uh, this just felt different. This just felt like it was a gift. This story was a gift, and it was this way for me to, I would not have gotten to acting had this not happened. Um, 
So is this a way for me just to kind of maybe put some good messages out there in a lot of different ways, as well as just really feel empowered and have fun and feel alive doing this? Because like I said, I was a closet guitarist. I never played in front of anybody either. So it just mm-hmm. it really uh, pointed me in the direction of, of coming to L.A. and, you know, studying, you know, and acting for two or three years when I got here. And, and, and for me, acting has been really, really helpful. It's, it's helped me learn how to feel more publicly, which helps me sharing and the storytelling and all that kind of stuff, as well as it just it gave me, a, you know, an education and being in front of the camera and, and learning how to really you know, just, just work on me and, and loving and accepting myself. So, you know, and, and acting for me is also very cathartic. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, it's just, it's hard to say. It's hard to say, but for some reason it felt like it was just almost just like kind of a gift. It's like this this will help get you to the next step. And, um, wow. Yeah. Well, and then you have this other one, Searching for Happiness. So that was done after Guitar Man, correct? Yeah, I did that here in L.A., yep, yep. And what's that and, one about? And, I haven't watched well, it. Well, it, I don't want to spoil it too much. It's, I did it in a unique okay. way. There's no, there, there's no, there's just music. There's no dialogue, but yet it's, oh, I like, okay. I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of the old silent films, and so it's, there's a little bit of a nod to that, but it, it's, you'll just have to watch it. It's only eight minutes, and it's, it, we'll try okay. to be creative with it and tell a story as well, but it's about, um, a character, the main character, me, is not happy, and he's even reading a book called Searching for Happiness and trying to figure out how to be happy. And then just through through what happens kind of in the film, he learns, you know, one of the ways is through random acts of kindness. And because that, oh. that happened, he, he, he witnesses that happening when it happens. It's also in black and white. But when it, they happen and he witnesses them, the people that are involved colorize. And so it's like confusing oh, to him, but it, but, but it almost like, you know, it shows how they're kind of living more fully and, and living in color and, and, you know, tapping into some of that, that happiness uh, aspect of, of giving and receiving and witnessing that until the very end, if he accidentally does something for somebody else, then he finally gets it. He gets colorized. <laughs> yep. so, so yeah, you have to watch you it. Have any more? Things, but. I will. Well, I've got it up on Aquarian Radio. I won't. I won't spoil it, but I'll. I'll, no, I'll give right. you some feedback. Now, you. Uh, do you have any more films in ideas or those, in the making? Those, or, um, right now, I want to videotape some of the spoken word pieces that I've done and kind of put them together in a clever way. Like one of them I have is called "I Read You Your Voice," and it's already out there. And I actually, I had a friend of Prince EA who who edits his help me edit mine. And so I'm, you know, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Um, and so that's your voice that's on YouTube. Um, but you know, I just, I just have more of those that I want to put together. Um, I, I may or may not come up with another short film idea one of these days. Yeah. But, um, well, that's, yeah. That's clever. And I'm going to look up your Prince EA. I'll see oh, if I yeah. can find you. Yeah. You can you can okay. see them if you go to my if you go to my I have an acting website too. My normal website's gbrianbenson.com. dot com. Uh-huh. I have an acting okay. website that's gbrianbensonactor.com. dot com, and you can see my reels okay. there, and you can see the two Princey videos. Okay, I'm going to go look at those while you're searching um, for happiness. You're talking to TJ, and we so have I'm about a half an hour left. We had a yeah. 
Janet and uh, Janet was asking you something when you said you were telling me you had a favor. Did you did you forget it? You said you had, I had a favor. A you said you oh, had a favor. Oh, oh, oh. When you had mentioned a long time, a, long, a little ways back, where you said you might pick up habits for success on your Kindle, my, I was going to say I have a favor to ask if you do, and you know after you peruse some of it, if you could leave a review on Amazon, I would be very appreciative. Do what? On Amazon, what leave do you a, want me to do? Leave a review. Yeah. Oh, you want me to do a review on your book once I read it? Yes. On my Kindle. Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah, I, re- I do reviews. Thank you. I sure do. So, yeah, it's, you got it's, it's, I thought you want me to put helpful. it on IMDb as a developer for you or something. Um, I'm not sure what that means. Uh, uh, my history as a developer or on IMDb? Uh, you have everything listed. I thought maybe you want me to do something for you over there on your. Oh, no, 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 no. It was just it was just to leave a review on Amazon. That's all. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Once you read the book, just do a review. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's a good yeah. idea. That if somebody does offer to support you, uh, all our authors out there, and when you come and promote yourself and your book, uh, we'll put that in our little free kit that you should mention the. Make sure that we mention you on our IMDb if we're IMDb developers or if we do uh, publishing or producing with BMI or IBMA or CMA or any of that. Mm-hmm. Or that's to get let you know that we do social networking, but we also do uh, networking, and a lot of people are just expected to in California. I guess that's just a way of life for you guys. <laughs> but if you want to, uh, you know, if you want to be in our authors club, I'm starting to. Get where I'm gonna. I pick the people that I like to play with. So I don't know how you do all the people in your life, but when I play with them, I help them. And and Janet and I are both that way. We get by naturally as to those that fit with us. We don't mind, you know, spreading the word. So we just need to know how it is that you want to do a splash page, and you know, where you want to be listed. So we'll we'll decide if it's actor or speaker or all of the above. We can. Take it from yeah, he's everything. Well, thank you. I mean, for the most part, it's probably this. It's probably author speaker, but um, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, they, thank you. That's very kind of you guys to, to yeah, be you willing guys. to do. Okay, that. so so how do you how did you meet Prince Ia, and is Prince Ia or Ia? Um, see the the um, <laughs> that's the Anunnaki name for for Enki. Is, yeah, I think he, he just goes um, Prince Ia. Prince EA. So is he yeah, identifying with the Anunnaki? Is that why he uses that name? I have don't no know idea. About it's, why it's, he uses the name Prince EA. No, yeah. no, I don't think it does. I mean, I, it must. The EA must stand for something. Um, yeah, I just wanted next to time, next time I I'm see him, I'll ask. Him. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Not sure, they don't know. <laughs> what, what do you mean by Prince EA? Yeah. And then there's, of course, like there's that television show, the OA, and so people are using the, you know, these two letters uh, to, I guess, it evokes some kind of magical, mystical feeling around it. Oh, look, this person's name is mm. EA. Yeah. Mm. So what did you do in his film? I'm trying to pull it up. Were you in this one? Well, I am not black, and you are not white. Or yes. Yep. I'm. A, yeah. He he used a whole bunch of us in there to to like say his words, kind of mimic his words. And so I'm in there for like six or seven seconds. And then I'm going to uh, play it while we're talking. Oh, there's another one. I'm just seeing it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the other, I'm like right in the middle. And then there's another one that I just did like last year um, where it's, I forgot the title of it. It's on my acting page. It's, um, but I play a, a kind of an angry, mean boss. And it's about kind of how someone's angry and they pass it on to someone else, they pass it on to someone else. And it's kind of a nice little message. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm in that one as well. Okay. I'm going to grab this if I can and put it on your page, your show page. But uh, no. it's interesting. Thank I you. haven't seen you yet. I'm still watching it. Anyway, there's somebody signing. Uh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> no, that's not you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for you. Okay, TJ, what do you, we've got like another uh, what, 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes? What do you want well, to talk about now? Well, uh, whatever Brian wants, because this is going to be going out there for our friends <laughs> here. And uh, we've been doing this for many, many years, but I spread myself so thin with all my pages that even with all my YouTube videos, so it just trailers, you know, for books and films and mm. events. But what would you like people to know that know us? Because we've got thousands in our social media groups out there. And there I, I guess are. I'm thinking with author. Uh, I don't have an actor's group uh, because I'm not in L.A., but I do know a lot of people down here in New Orleans, and you know, I had an office in L.A. for a year, five years, and then uh, mm. the old Bob Hope, Dan, I used to go over and do things with uh, Chamber in Beverly Hills, things like that, mm. when I had my corporations, and I was yeah. in fashion. But, you know, wow. to be in L.A., that was fun. I even had to have a publicist when I got off the plane. I didn't even know why, <laughs> because I was arriving from Hawaii. You have to have a publicist. So one was assigned to me. But then I was going to a Giorgio Money party, and I had my own brand and fashion and handbag wow. and small other goods and all that. And, you know, so it was a big deal. So do you have to have your own publicist? Because I'd had to. I imagine since um, you live there. Not really. I mean, I, I do have a woman who, who pitches me for um, – certain shows, you know, like uh, podcasts and interviews a little bit sometimes. But other than that, I don't have one. Uh, Okay, public relations, publicists. So, all right, well, this is something that I'm looking into because we work with a lot of people out where you live, and we've got producers and publishers and authors, Mm. and they go and they do all these where they sell their books. And uh, I've got uh, some guys on Eric Cotton. One guy's got a a big deal where he – right next to Grumman Chinese Theater, and they have actors, and you ought to check him mm-hmm. out. He's got a big thing where they act down there and help actors, and they all work mm. together, and uh, we help promote his big science fiction thing that uh, fantasy, if you want to write for that, author's uh, fiction club, science fiction, uh, it's uh, mm. all kind of stuff, so... We can sort of try to see where you want to mesh in, but I don't know exactly how to pull in uh, everybody yet. So this is my new thing is to get organized with all the thousands of connections we've got to help people. But, you know, when you're out there, you just think that everybody knows who you are or they don't. You know, everybody's a star (laughs) and waiting tables, you know. So it's like, I I guess you got to, if you're single, why aren't you doing all these uh, things I watch on TV, these reality shows, Survivor? Did you put in for Survivor? Let me ask oh, you. I have if no not, desire not? to do something like that. I just, Come I'm on. Just, Look at this guy. This is the Iron Man four-time triathlete. 
You should have been putting in every year. You oh, are that was too bad. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in good shape for my age, but I'm not. I still have to, I have to make some pain from all those years of playing sports and all that kind of stuff. And I just, I'm content just putting all my energy into all this other stuff. And I really, the main thing for me is I'm, the main thing for me is I really want to start speaking. I mean, I, you know, I'm, there's, there's a part of me that's, it's tough because I'm pretty humble and there's not, I don't do a lot of look at me and, and a lot of that stuff look at me. And, um, and so, oh, you don't want uh, to do, do the single dating game. No, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel authentic at all. And believe me, I've, uh, all those shows are geared to, you know, show dysfunction and goofiness and, and just, that's how they get their ratings, and I don't want to. That's not me. <laughs> yeah, they they don't really want to tell real stories because real stories are boring. <laughs> they like to they like to yeah. drama and those things. I've been on the exactly. not those uh, the modern era, but back in the nineties and the early part of the oos, and um, they always had the um, the uh, what do you call it? the the opposition. They, you know, they had you and you had your message, and then. Bam! Yep. They gotta knock it down and belittle you and make you look ridiculous. Yep. And I did. I did about ten of them. I said, "Enough! Enough! That's enough." Wow. Now this this Prince EA, yeah, whatever you just said. Now he had about thirty, forty people. How did we get all those people to come in and just say that was amazing? Actually, what he did there. Yeah, we. That wasn't as I yeah, we. We, you know, all had different call times, and we came in and just did our thing in front of, we, you know, he gave us what we were supposed to say prior, and we just memorized it, and, you know, to, to, to link mm-hmm. up with his, you know, pacing, and then we, um, I think we came in, I don't, gosh, I don't remember if we came in another day all at the same time to do that final shot at the very end where we're all standing there, Um I think, I think we did, I think we came another day and did that, Um Everything. A lot of times, different shoots they all blend into each other, and so I kind of forget. But, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, he, he's a really nice guy. Very, very kind of well, humble himself. Well, he's doing something right because he has three million five hundred subscribers. I mean, that's major. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm trying to get yeah. like thirty thousand subscribers. <laughs> Go over to well, that's that's a lot too. Radio, but I don't have it. I don't have it. Like, and he's got three and a half million subscribers. <laughs> so he's doing something right. So, uh, anyway, did you get paid for that, or was that all volunteer? Or? Um, I would have happily done it for nothing, but I think we got paid just a little bit, you know, just to kind of for our t- a little bit for our time instead of gas money. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. And he lives in L.A. Um, I think he no. He uh, he's from St. Louis originally. I think last time I talked to Spencer, his buddy, he might be looking to move to Colorado for some reason. But I think you know he pops in. He travels a lot. Obviously, he speaks a lot, and he he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, so um, yeah, I'm not exactly where he's calling home these days. It could still just be kind of a little bit all over the place. Okay. So, what are you planning next? What's your next well, step besides Sweden? You know, just I, I'm kind of just trying to dedicate this year just to kind of trying to market my new book and get it out there because I'm really proud of how it turned out. And um, speaking a lot more, I'm wanting to do that. Um, so I'm focusing on speaking and marketing the book, and, and I've got a few more little videos that I want to put together. 
I'll be working on those. I'm going to more than likely be putting together kind of a video version of Habits for Success and take maybe half of the chapters and break them up into two different, like maybe hour-long videos and kind of do an, an, a video version. Um, you know, and I want to start doing some, uh, some, some webinars and some, get, get some of that happening uh, in addition to coaching. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Are you in the National Speakers Association in L.A.? No, not yet. I'm I, I really speaking. Yes, I, you know, yes, I did a TEDx, and I, I haven't really put that stuff together. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of those that likes to kind of speak from the cuff and just trust that I have what I need rather than put something together and regurgitate it. Although I know I need to kind of probably do that a little yes, bit. Um, move and get on some speaker bureau list and helping speakers build their business and all that kind of stuff. So, so that's, yeah. that's new to me. So there's a little bit of fear there for me in that, in that regard. Um, well, maybe but, that's why uh, you want to be a, uh, get on their newsletter, get on their mailing list. Yeah. It's GLAC. Uh, it's NSAGLAC.org. So subscribe to their newsletter, but you know, that's where we find speakers and they have lists of okay. contact members and events and it's free to just get on the little list and, uh, you know, you're I'll out there. If I was there, I would be I would be such a buzz on you. But uh, ah. you know, they uh, our producers follow variety, and uh, my publicist would be hooking your publicists. And you know, as you say, have your assistant call my assistant and all that. And I'm sure. And well, I'd, that I'd, I'd be honored. I mean, yeah, no, I want to do it. I'm not. I'm not afraid to speak. It's just. Um, it's like I can put really good talks together, but there's a part of me that feels like it needs to be perfect. And so I know it's just about bullet points and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm fine. I'm getting there. And I've got a lot of talks coming up. Um, and, and they're going to be great. So I'm going to you know, do your PowerPoint. Like, your power, you Janet say, loves to coach PowerPointing. Oh, my God. She loves it. Oh, I'm, I, just, I'm just learning it. myself. I'm just learning myself. I am but an egg. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I've, only done, I've only done two or three presentations and, and I do them too long, and so I, I speed through them. I need to get the time. I need, I need some actually coaching on that. But it's like, you know, it's like you need somebody in your neighborhood that can say, okay, you need coaching. Like you went into acting class, right? So, but that's the whole thing. You have to do the images and the art and the concepts and the. It's like producing a movie, and it's just your PowerPoint, right? And you have to, it has to be logical, it has to be entertaining. Um, can't be real long winded. People are gonna yeah. fall asleep, and so how do you yeah. how do you do that? How do you do that? I don't well, like to. I'm, like it's okay, I'm, but I, well, I'm still, right. I'm, I yeah, I'm right. still, I'm still, I'm still figuring that out. The thing for me is what gets in my way sometimes. I have so much content that I could utilize, just so much, mm-hmm. and so sometimes that makes me feel a little bit overwhelmed. I'm like, all right, well, what should I do? But I think what I'm finding right now that I want to talk about is just kind of the journey that I've been on and just share, you know, be kind of more like a storyteller and weave in some of the, the pieces that I've written to kind of through the stories and, and just talk to people that way. And, um, yeah, I mean, I know I'll be shown the way, but, but uh, you know, I do have so many different things I can talk about. I mean, all these chapters in the book, they could all be broken down. Um, I mean, there's just so – I have so many stories uh, so when you go yeah. to Sweden, are they giving you yeah. an hour or half an hour? Or you have to no, try just, to you have to just, fit that in. 
Yeah, just a half hour, and I'm, I'm being hired as a spoken word artist. So what I'm going to do is just kind of what I mentioned. I'm going to um, kind of have my story that I'm going to share, but I'm going to weave in uh, probably three or four different pieces that I've written uh, through that talk as well. And mm-hmm. um, so that's what I'm, I'm going to do for that. So a spoken word artist, and that's I've, I've had a nephew that did that and went around and did all these little uh, cafes and things around in Houston mm-hmm. and Austin. And then he moved up to Oregon to work for a train company and then out to Connecticut or something because he started making yeah. more money with the road, railroad than speaking. But he was very good at it. He was very yeah. lyrical. And, you nice. know, he commanded an audience. He, he was na- a natural at the spoken word. So you've got to be having all these tapes and CDs out there, right, of the spoken word. So that's why you wanted to do your poem is to get your – you're going to create words and uh, – do comparative linguistics, things like that, or you're going to do voiceovers, or I mean, there's so much you can do with that, right? No, I know. I mean, some of that I didn't understand what you meant by it, but no, I mean, ultimately, you know, I'm going to put video. I have some videos that I want to put together with some of these pieces and make them creative and interesting, um, you know. And uh, as far as voiceover. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'll be doing them on the video, but I actually did the voiceover for my new book, Habits for Success. I, I read that, the, the version that's on Audible, so that was really cool. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe someday I'll release, you know, some MP3s. I mean, CDs, they're really not doing CDs anymore, um, per se, too much. But uh, Great. You know, and, and I'm not, I mean, I, yeah, there's a lot of young people out there that are really good at kind of making it lyrical and stuff. And, you know, I just, I'm just going to do it in the way that works for me. You know, whether, you know, you heard me read my other one. I mean, I could spice it up a little bit, I suppose, but I, I don't want to be somebody that's not me um, either. If that makes sense. Well, you learned how to write yeah. the spoken word, but you said that you want to be a speaker. So I guess that's what you're moving into. So you will have spoken word poetry, and you'll have your poems, and uh, you'll learn to, you know, the melody to your voice. But you command, oh, yeah. uh, you know, the word. You have a masculine voice, but it also has that western, I don't know, you can hear southern drawl. You, I hear a western twang. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I mean, I just, I, I mean, I'm me, but somebody once thought I had a little southern, southern thing in there, but I have no idea what that meant. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I, I can do all kinds of stuff. I can do a southern gentleman if you want me to do it that way. That's but, right. Um, That's right. Uh, <laughs> I do speak English, Australian. Can I? Can I? Can I speak? You British. Uh, hello, uh, hello, Governor. Right, 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 right. Hello. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, I can do a little bit of whatever, but. Um, um, well, you need to come and let us challenge you. You just need to some playmates. So that we provide all that. But you're going to yeah, have to well. learn that the training means coming and playing. So we're all students and we're all teachers oh, and we're the, all yeah. the author of our own life story. So I do metaphysics, see? So I do all Mm. the Ascension Ancient Mystery Schools and how Janet uh, came upon me back in the late 80s, early 90s, I think it was 93. She saw a flyer when she'd come to Hawaii, and I was just getting ready to depart. But I had uh, about a year left to take over Spiritual World Network and our spiritual community in Hawaii. So I was on Mm. my spiritual path, and I was teaching at the Hilton Hawaiian Village. 
So I had <laughs> lots of psychics coming and going yeah, through my she was classes. Psychic fairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. I was doing psychic yeah. fairs. <laughs> Yeah, television in India was coming over and filming me. In the course of a wow. lifetime, we have a lot of little mini selves. You know, we have, well, oh my I was, gosh, that was yeah. my other lifetime where I did this and I did that. So, I mean, it's interesting just looking back. My husband's 78 and it's like, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling when you think of all the different parts that you have been, you know, the different parts of you that come front and center and, You've identified as being me, right? And it's like, look at all these things that are me. But, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, if I were to go back in time travel and, and interact with myself when I was in my 20s, would I like myself in the 20s? Would I be able to relate to me, the person now, I was, you know? My husband, you had a crush, my husband had a crush on Stephanie Powers. He died in 2015, but Janet, I got mm. to meet him on some of the radio shows. But I got to be in a movie with the husband before him. Uh, I, I got to be in the movie When Will I Be Loved with Stephanie Powers that she played Powers. me. She played mm. her part, but she played my, me as a fashion mogul in When Will I Be Loved. And uh, she, they used my showroom. I, it was my oh. literal 7,500-a-month kind of showroom with all wow. my stuff I made. I was the actual designer. And you know, it's in the you know fashion. How did they? How did they? Uh, how did you have that happen? See, I thought you were uh, just a little psychic person, and now you're uh, the subject of a movie. <laughs> yeah, I was in When Will I Be Loved. Uh, I rode the elevator with her to have a cameo appearance. It was like a Stan Lee appearance. It was for me <laughs> as uh, you know, in the big uh, fashion things and with my thing, and before my logo and my brands and all the things I made and discovered and. <laughs> So uh, she got to be me, and I got to be with her on the escalator and ha- had to sign an agreement and all this stuff. And, of course, I didn't get paid, but, uh, you know, it was sort of, I'm sure I got a credit or something at the end that went zipping by or something. But uh, <laughs> it was a movie made for television. So that was my mm. little cameo in television was with her. So, But what's nice. so funny is I was being me, and then she was being – me and it i was on the escalator but my big claim to fame was being a psychic for michael jackson and then stan lee following me <laughs> as a superhero woman writing for ufo digest <laughs> wow. he was looking for people it's, like me. it's weird it's weird it's weird how these things come and go and yet you know when you look back in time who will remember us you know a thousand years from now we'll yeah, we'll be, what we did. yeah. No, that's what we do we're archiving. We're archiving, aren't we? We're archiving. Will these archives survive? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway, we don't pay the bill, they go away. <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> the only archive I, is longer. I, <laughs> we're paying the bill. <laughs> go I have a question. Uh, sure. Go ahead. Well, so, TJ, yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Okay. What, Good. Psychic, psychically, what do you, what do you get from me? Well, normally I do tarot readings because I like to use the kind of oh. my tools. But okay, I get okay. that you are, you are I, if I just had to read you, uh, normally the government will have me touch your hand. That's the way we're, we're uh, we come up and say, how do you do? And we touch your hand so we can read that one ah. as well. And then, but not seeing you at all. And when you do voices, I do readings on this radio show that you're actually on. I just choose not to. And then when I do, I'll pull out my cards. 
But if I had to go from your voice inflection, not knowing anything, but remember, I had already seen you in a show. But uh, I would say that you're still on your spiritual path and you're still on your road of discovery. And I don't feel like you've even gotten to where you need to be yet, even though I can see all your triathlon and all that just on words. That would be a given. But a cold read is different from a voice read. And a voice read, you're just wanting the fact that you're curious to know how another person that's very intuitive or is, is a professional psychic or one that's made a lot of money doing that. <laughs> yes, but the money was real. It wasn't my, my grandchildren embarrassed me because we've got one on the corner with a house and the psychic sign and all that, their commercial type. You know. <laughs> and uh, he goes, I don't believe in all that and stuff. I said, uh-huh, and your mother grew up with tarot cards. you know. But my people like that. They want me to give them an immediate read. You know, They do, and, mm. and we do that. But a lot of times they want people that are close to them or what do you feel and what do you see. And there's all kind of ways yeah. to do readings with your senses. But to be honest with you, I'm, I am interested in you or you wouldn't be in my life. I'm very, very, very choosy because mm. I do know that we, we are and we do become the company we keep. I'm very much a soul group person. I yeah. totally believe that we're in the universal consciousness and that the cosmos is alive and that we're all just little bitty neurons like in each person's brain map, you know. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm in there with you somewhere in the long DNA, but I believe that we've been here forever and a day and billions of years and time is only a construct by man. And you here mm-hmm. being here, you're here to do a purpose and you want to do more than you've been doing, and that's what's exciting. Oh, absolutely. The fact that I you feel came. Like, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I'm just like, like, I'm so, I'm so ready. I mean, I've just been like working so hard just to get myself ready. It's just like, I feel like it's close. I mean, it's still a little ways away, but I just, and I know that's going to be probably a little different than I think it's going to be, but because I've had to kind of tear down as I've moved through, because you know how we tell stories about how we think things are going to be or what have you. And and I keep getting re-sculpted, but um, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I I just, I am ready, but it just, no, I just feel like you're a late bloomer. I knew it that. Oh, no, totally. And it hasn't clicked yet. You know no. what I mean? The, the, yeah, you're definitely yeah. a late bloomer in your family. So what you need to do is just look at your past history that is portrayed for you in this reality, in this 3D reality. But then, you know, compare it with have you done your past life regressions or uh, look for a sole purpose or anything in, uh, oh, I don't know how to talk to you because – what, the kind of work in the, that I do at the deepest mm-hmm. level that I started years and years and years ago that made me sort of well-known was how I wound up being Michael Jackson, one of his many psychics. But he and I became friends. I never took mm-hmm. a penny from him. So the only thing mm-hmm. I asked was someday if I ever needed it 20 or 30 years later to help other people because he had an organization mm-hmm. that I did. So he, had, he mm-hmm. uh, helped me with my Ascension Center, and I helped mm-hmm. him with his. But he told me I may have a little trouble from his family, but I've never had any trouble. They're very, very sweet, sweet people. But, uh, you know, I the day that he died, uh, I immediately as an investigator and, and a psychic got on him bad. I was on, I was on white like rice, okay, to get him <laughs> taken care of on the other side. And he came to see Janet, my friend here, well, Janet. So Janet mm, works with I'm people. I'm a psychic too. Mm, oh, so, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't. I could have asked both. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm a reluctant psychic. I, she I go does to my other I go. I go. Why is Why is Michael Jackson coming to me? I don't know Michael Jackson. See, I didn't know TJ. 
well, we knew each other, but we weren't at this level of we talk every day. And so it was years later we reconstructed it, and then and then she said, well, I I was Michael Jackson's sidekick. I go, well, that's really curious because, you know, the day he died, I mean, of all the billions of people on the planet, he came to me. And I, I heard that he came to other people, too, because he was really upset mm. about being dead. Well, but I anyway, guess you could say he came to me because story. he grabbed me. He grabbed mm. me and told me to yeah. turn the TV on. So. I was, in spirit, you can be with people and you can go to people that you're bonded with in a soul group. That's why I was wondering if mm-hmm. you've done your soul group work yet or your past life regressions. Because some people believe and some don't. But even whether you believe or not, it still doesn't mean it is, does or doesn't. It can exist. And you really know that if you have people die around you and go to the other side. Or you happen to be a caregiver. Or people around you are always passing, in my case, and my daughter's. But when he came to me, he told me to turn the television on. I was at home like, you know, it was midday. It was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, what are you talking about? But I knew it was I knew it was him. And so mm. I turned it on, and, and there he was still – they were still running the – it was all happening. It was happening. And, and uh, he told me – he said the doctor did it. And I was like, the doctor? And he said Houston, and I was like, okay, Houston. And he said Las Vegas because he, I was helping him. With we were, I guess I shouldn't say things like that, but we were we were working together on certain projects, you know, uh, community or world and a different level. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I got it. But then what's so funny is at, during those two or three days, Janet was the same thing. I wrote a few things and articles. There's a, a history there. You know, it's easy yeah. to go back and prove or yeah. used to be. I don't know if it is in today's. Mm-hmm. But with you, mm-hmm. someday you may come on and go, I remember when this happened, and you'll have a synchronicity of being here on this show and remembering mm-hmm. that, you know, 50 and a late bloomer, but at the same time, you you know, you're just beginning a whole new uh, level. I don't know how to say this, but, I mean, I feel it. I know you're ready for it, and you're tweaking. So don't. Don't push too hard, but, you know, patience is well, diversity, right? No, no, yeah, no, it's so interesting because, I mean, I feel very intuitive for myself, and there's a part of me that is very driven, and so sometimes when I get into trouble, it's because I want something so bad instead of just, like, allowing it to happen. And, and right now, I mean, I'm telling you, the last six weeks, two months, I've had a lot of change. I moved to a different place, part of town. I had some other things stop. And I'm, I'm, I feel out of sync, which is very unusual for Great. me. But I think part of, awesome. yeah, well, I think part of it is I'm grieving the past or what I was doing, but I'm also being re-sculpted and having, being forced to kind of let go of some ways that I was doing things to be open for the new ways. And I still don't, I haven't gotten the clarity or intuitive hits on what's next. And so that's kind of hard for me to sit in that a little bit. Well, you're where everybody is right now. We're all getting ready for the next three years. You know, we've yeah. got to get up to 2028. So you know where we are in the galaxy, right? You are following the cosmos. What's going to happen in 2028, TJ? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I didn't do the beginning like I normally do. It's the first of the year. I, I, I got off all kilter with death and dying and my daughter dying of leukemia, but we just buried her a couple oh. weeks ago. But she was a oh, reader, sorry. too, a natural artist and reader. But um, we're getting – we're changing. We're budding. Right now we're planting seeds. You know, this yeah. year is all about organizing, and we're having the other part of the other galaxy, uh, people like us out in the cosmos coming to visit, but being people are going to be more awake and aware than ever before. So they thought they were all in 2012, and they're actually on a 2016 and some a 2019 line. So you take everybody as their own universal source in the flower or the, the universal whole, and every one of us is 
is blooming at a different time, but we are in soul groups. And we're yeah. looking for those that are awake and aware and blooming as uh, chickens or uh, seed pods. Uh, did you see the movie Avatar? Did you see the movie Avatar? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. All right. There's, all right. Well, you know how there's a soul group of those people that belong in point A are on a certain planet or a certain way. Well, many people are waking up to the fact that they're actually consciously their soul in another place in space, and some call it uh, by location or uh, uh, another location or another universe or a parallel or understanding quantum entanglement now with the entire cosmos. So now we're going to meet a lot of people in between the dimensions, and some of them call it a thread, some call it a shadow, some call it a bubble, just depending on what it is. But you're not going to realize that you're not just here, you're in another place. So some people are looking at it as avatars and realizing that their soul is, is somewhere else, and they come down in spirit, and their spirit is actually just one chapter or one shell or one container, and their actual uh, reality or their soul can go back and take this chapter with them, and most people come down and think they have a blank slate. But what's happening is people are coming in in this day and time is uh, we've done it for billions of years. So they're returning, and some of them of the kids are coming in remembering their past lives, especially over, you know, in the Middle East mm. and Europe and places like that. So you're mm-hmm. going to meet a lot more people that are much more aware of uh, their AI reality or the, the hologram. The world's waking up mm-hmm. and going, wow, are we in a dream? Are we dreaming we're inside a dream, right? Are you the mm-hmm. avatar person? Yeah. Are you somewhere mm-hmm. else waking up going, am I sleeping or am I awake or am I in a lucid dream <laughs> when they all seem the same? So yeah. you're, you're, you're where you need to be, right? So you know what I'm talking about because you're ready, and everybody's feeling that. And people yeah. are going through change. They're in angst. They, they don't know what's going on. So we go by years because remember time is man-made. You, you realize yeah. that, right? Yeah. So, I'm, and as far as what you're doing, it just depends on how you're going to divide yourself up. So, just be aware we're all like multi-layer onion, right? And it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you want to, you just need to be very focused on how many things you want to do. So, if you were 50, and what month were you born? I could do a numerology. Well, actually, I'll be. I'm going to be 50. I'm going to be 53, and I was born in 66. 53. Yeah. Okay. So. All right, and but what but month June. are you born? June, June third. Oh, so I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm fifty-two still. Hmm? Okay, but you're June. I mean, I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have. Right. Like, you know, I, 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 astrology has been very interesting, and I have some really good, you know, printouts uh, from a talented person, and and it it really is amazing because it it it's, it feels like it's me. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of have some, some hints and stuff. But. It's a vibration of you. It's A lot yeah. of people go legitimately by their place where they're born. And um, yeah. I didn't understand it for years until I had mine done. And then I had to get the books and learn how to do it back in the 80s. But mm-hmm. that was part of my mm-hmm. training to become a psychic, you know, in order to do and read and do all the mystery schools before I could be a tarot reader. But yeah. if you're going to use your intuit, intuit and you're going past the sixth sense, you've just got to see how many parts of uh, the thoughts, emotions, and what's the other part of that that I'm trying to get you to say? Thoughts, emotions, and what? Uh, Feelings? Or thoughts, okay. emotions? What's the third word? So you may be wanting to start to work while you're trying and being patient for the uh, where you're going next. 
you right now you you've gone from one you know how birds are they'll go from one nest to the next so mm-hmm. now you're going to start flocking with a whole bunch of new people so you can grow and that's what yeah. people are doing they're re uh accenting re accentuating their positive into yeah. a new group of people so you're going to find a whole bunch of new people now and you'll figure you'll figure out you're, you want to yeah. be a speaker and you, you're going to be a leader and you want to lead with inspiration so you use the word inspire so you probably want to get into your senses your thoughts feelings and emotions as now you are a gemini mm-hmm. cancer um no you'll see i'm 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 I know that I'm oh, I'm a Gemini, June third, nineteen sixty six, Salem, Oregon. But I'm also I think I'm like a, I'm either a Virgo rising and a Sag. I mean, it's it's I have it written down. I can look really quickly. But well, okay. there's well, definitely definitely part of Virgo is because that organized part of me is definitely you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm just really geometry. I'm really feeling drawn to connect. I'm really feeling drawn to connect with others and to, and express my creativity in a lot of new ways. So um, the sun is Gemini, my moon is Sagittarius, and my, um, what's the third one? The ascendant is Virgo. You're in a, you're in a, uh, you're in a four-year shift. So take a four and divide it into you're coming up to 53. So you've got one, four, twelve, three. Getting a lot three. of feedback so, all of a sudden. Do you have a different... Do you have something, yeah. uh, another mic on? No, uh, I just high in. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I didn't do anything. Uh, sorry, I resonate sometimes. Uh, sorry, i got to try this. That's why I have to be careful on uh, radio waves. I change. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, he, he divides 4 and 13. So uh, what you need to do is look at what you've done for 12 years. <laughs> And four cycles. And all you can do is the other way. Look at every time you turn 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, 24, 28, 32, 36, 40, 44, 48, yep, 52. Right? So I'm like, I'm so like you're on a new one. Yeah, you're getting ready. It's starting over. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, that's sacred geometry and learning your rhythm. And you compare you compare your genealogy with your sacred geometry, with your natural rhythms, and you'll see some people are seven, you're a four. So you're a thirteen, but you're not there yet, depending on your soul's past life. So you're probably a four. So maybe having at least this could be your fourth life here, or you could have other lives in other locations. So it depends on who you came in with a blank slate and what you know about yourself. And if you don't know right now, then and if you can't tell me right now, then I'm going to say what's your sole purpose and how many past lives have you lived. You well, I already know what my sole purpose is. I feel like I know what my sole purpose is. But, uh, you know, because, uh, I mean, when I was three, I told my mom I was supposed to inspire, here to inspire people and connect people and just to, you know, help them believe in themselves and learn how to love themselves. And I just can do that through all the different all right. things that I'm doing. Write that down. That was number four. That was preparing you for the next four years. And so on and so forth. So since you, that's your sole purpose by four, you knew that. You're very early with that. However, 
you may be a late bloomer in the reality of the 3D dimension. You may be a fifth dimensional in the three-dimensional. And you may be very familiar with yourself on the other side versus being here now. And we are over time. <laughs> and I know we're oh, sure. out of time. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll have you come back when you found yourself. Maybe January trying to get you to come back. You're really breaking up, so it's hard to hear you. So I guess it's time to say aloha. It was great. Thank you, Brian, for coming on. We had a yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, TJ and Janet. It was wonderful. Yeah, I'd be happy to come back anytime. It'd be my yeah, pleasure. Yeah, come back. When do you go to the Oh, not until September. Okay. Oh, my. Well, we'll, we'll have, have you back, have you back, in, back October. in October. See that how you do. Good. Okay. That sounds After good. Okay. We'll, 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 we want we'll, so much feedback. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. happened. It's like you uh, activated the second mic, but I'm gonna I'm gonna um, go now. So thank you everybody for joining us today. It was a great show. All yeah. right, thank you, Brian. Brian. Thank you. I'll connect, uh, I'll connect yeah. with you on via email. Thank you very much. Oh yeah, okay. please Bye-bye. get us on the email. Thank you, everybody. We're gonna be Bye-bye. out of here now. Love and light. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> thank awesome. you. Awesome.